listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, be back on Dairy Voice. My name is Tim Abbott, and I'm hosting a series of podcasts called The Evolution of the Great Cow. And we're pleased to be working with some of the best breeders around the country to discuss uh, how they've bred great cows over the years and how it combines with our effort at Showbox Sires to breed great bulls. So today I'm very excited to have two guests on that are both uh, connected with one of the world's most popular cows, Footloose, who is a, going to be a staple in our Showbox Sires program. But, uh, we wanted to bring you a series of interviews, uh, and today we thought we'd start out the, the interview process with Dave Hardesty of Harview Farms of Berryville, Virginia, and Mike Duckett from Duckett Holsteins uh, in Rudolph, Wisconsin. So it's a pleasure to have you two guys on, and, and we're going to start with Dave Hardesty. If you'd tell us a little about Harview Farm and uh, the history, uh, we welcome you to the podcast, Dave. Well, thank you very much, Tim. It's an honor to be a part of it. Kind of give you a brief history. We started here in our location where we are now in 1949. My father and grandfather started here together. My father just graduated high school. He ran the farm. My father was, or my grandfather was a fertilizer salesman, but he loved showing and breeding cows. So he was kind of the early push that got us started into registered Holsteins. Uh, he went in, in the late 40s, went up and bought about 20 to 25 bred heifers out of Canada. Quite a few of them carried a Raven Glen prefix. And that's kind of where the base of our breeding program started. When Frosty kind of came into her fame, uh, Horace Backus was kind enough to and me a 21 generation pedigree of Frosty. And so it was really neat to go back and, and read about it. The 11th dam of Frosty was in the group that my grandfather purchased that carried the Raven Glen prefix. She was born in the 40s and she was part of the 1949 All-American Produce a Dam. So the showing goes way back. Not to get too deep into Frosty right now, but a little more about the history of the farm. We we grew up showing cows here in Virginia, and Virginia was just loaded with great breeder herds as I was growing up. You know, Round Oak, Fox Lease, Rockby, I could name 25 or 30, uh, just powerful breeding herds. So when we competed in Virginia, we competed against, you know, the best. If you could win here in Virginia, you could win at Maryland and at Harrisburg. So we grew up showing and trying to learn all we could growing up, and then I met Deb. Uh, we got married in 81 and she brought up another whole set of talents here. She had been showing successfully for a long time. So she really helped us step our showing up to another level. And we raised our kids showing and that was part of our advertising and our promotion. We advertised in the world every month, but showing was a big part of our advertising program. So I was blessed to grow up about 20 minutes from Round Oak Farm. Spent a lot of time with Ronald Hope growing up. He was almost like a grandfather to me. He taught me so much about breeding cows. He knew six to seven generations on every animal on his farm. And the neat thing about Mr. Hope was he would 
tell you what you should breed a certain cow to, and then he would tell you what to breed that offspring to. He was already thinking two generations out when he was breeding one. So now the pace of breeding has gotten so fast, you don't do that anymore. But he was a really a neat guy to learn from. That's a little bit of history. Fill you in. Great history, uh, Dave, and and I would I would add to your conversation. Uh, your dad, Jack Hardesty, was. Uh, one of my favorite guys I ever dealt with in the business, but he was honored by National Dairy Shrine as an industry pioneer last year. Uh, and Dave, he was involved in cattle breeding, but also milk marketing and youth programs. And so, Dave, you you certainly have continued your dad's tradition at Harview. Well, thank you. And and I think about guys like uh, Mr. Hope and George Miller and Dick Chichester, uh, all Virginia guys you you had experience with all those guys in breeding cows didn't you sure did yeah george miller was he was another great one he's he he had such a passion for the holstein cow and and dick chichester as well just blessed to be around those guys yeah so truly frosty and harview comes from the heart of breeding great cows and that's why we wanted to start our evolution of great cows uh, off out of uh, virginia so the, the next piece of our uh discussion. We're going to welcome Mike Duckett to my partner in Showbox Sires and talk about how you came involved with uh, Harview and Frosty. So Mike, tell us a little about the Frosty story. Well, I think it was uh, 2006. Julie and I had uh, moved out to Maryland to uh, work for Tom McHero, actually, and we had took our herd of cows with us. We had some visitors come in from out of town, and I've I've known the Harvesty name and and family for years uh growing up in north carolina always followed their ads and stuff in holstein world but uh we uh, decided we were going to go there i'd been hearing about a couple special durham cows there that uh we we should go look at and we pull into harview and uh, debbie had been off to town that day and uh she came in and introduced ourselves and she said well i'll, I'll get them and she jumped in and went and got these two Durhams and uh, a pair of beautiful young cows. And then uh, a big black two-year-old came up to visit us too. And that was Frosty. From then on, uh, been good friends with the Hardesties. Their uh, sons have been in, they've been to the shows and uh, it's been a, it's been a good friendship and no better family to, to do business with. That's a good story, Mike. You forgot the most important part. Tell me about uh, Debbie Hardesty's footwear that day. Do you remember anything about that? Well, I do remember that because uh, she came from town. <laughs> she had on uh, dress shoes and uh, she kicked those shoes off and went out in the cow yard and brought those cows up to us. <laughs> That'll, I'll never forget that because uh, that's just uh, truly someone that wanted to show us their great cows and, that, and it, it meant a lot for her to do that. Well, it's all about passion, breeding cows and breeding the next great one. And certainly the Hardesties have that uh, and both Dave and Debbie and, and generations of their families. So, Mike, just quickly, you bought you bought Frosty that day at Harview. Uh, most people know the story, but tell us quickly kind of what her accomplishments were uh, in, in her career. Well, I'll back up just a little bit. We looked at Frosty and um, and we asked a price. Not that she was overpriced, but it was more than I, I was anticipating at the moment. We left there without buying her, and we drove all the way to northwest Pennsylvania. And that cow bugged me so bad that uh, we called Dave up and said, hey, 
would it be okay if we came back? And we went back and done the deal with Dave that night. And it was uh, from there, we, we took her to uh, Boonesboro, Maryland, where we were working with uh, Dr. McGarrow. She went on to winter class at uh, Harrisburg. She ended up being fifth at Madison as a two-year-old. We uh, got her home. The next year, she calved in, and she was only about 17 days fresh. And meanwhile, we had moved back to Wisconsin. She was 17 days fresh, won her class, was intermediate champion, ended up being reserve grand at Madison uh, that year. We did uh, a lot of IVF work on her over the next year, gave her the four-year-old year off. She changed hands uh, a little bit. Our My mother and father-in-law bought in, and uh, Dr. Scott Ombruce bought in. And then when we calved her back in as a five-year-old, she ended up being grand and supreme at Expo. and. The Hardesty's are all there for that. It couldn't have worked out any better. Then the next year, uh, she calved back in and uh, she repeated. Cal ended up making quite a number of 94-point daughters. She had a 95-point clone, ended up being 97 points herself. Uh, a cow that bred tremendously. There's, there's, there's great cows all over the world from Frosty's family. Great story, Mike, and and great connection with Harview. And certainly we're going to circle back to more on Frosty uh, as we get to other descendants. But Dave, just quickly, you mentioned earlier in this discussion about in the late 40s, early 50s, when this family came to you, my good friend uh, Doug Blair from Canada has researched the family back into the late 1800s, Dave. And it's funny how many champions go back through this pedigree. One of the one of the things you mentioned is the eleventh dam of Frosty uh, was the original cow that came from Canada. Can you tell me a little about how the family has bred and how many descendants you have in your herd today? Uh, I can remember as a young child, the best cow in our herd was the first generation of Frosty's family to carry our prefix. I, that was you know as a maybe a six or seven year old child, I was I had I had a lot of interest even at that age and. I can remember, so through the years, once I started making most of the breeding decisions in, in the more current years, we followed up through a time where we, we were using Bell and then Melvin and then I think Skybuck and then Sam and then, of course, Frosty was a Roy. But one of the key things I think to this cow family and maybe a lot of them is the fact that certain sires line up at, at the right times. And I I, I've always been a big believer in that, that, you know, you got to know how to use bulls, but you also have to have the opportunity to have the right bulls to match up uh, for each generation. And those bulls kind of fell in the line for us. And other thing I wanted to mention, uh, going back to Mike's conversation, is a lot of people have asked me, you know, when she was grand, do you, are you sorry you sold her? And I always quickly said no. I am glad I did because she got to the right home. Mike and Julie gave her tremendous care. There's only a handful of people that can care for cows to get them to that level. And I've always been so appreciative of all the care Mike and Julie gave to get Frosty to where she did. And we've benefited greatly over the years uh, watching that family develop. And I would think at this point, just on our farm alone, we're nearing 100 excellent descendants from Frosty. She's had a huge impact on our herd. And when you were here a few weeks ago, you could see a lot of the 
the next generations that go back to Frosty. So she's still had a huge impact on our herd. Well, and Dave, I was there just a couple of weeks ago at Harview. Had a great visit with your family, and and uh, the passion is still there. But yeah, there were a lot of beautiful framed black cows that uh, kept coming at us. That uh, I've told people, Dave, that I think think you have one of the finest homebred herds of cows I've ever seen in my life, and and I think everybody would would confirm that. So it's well, it's really you. interesting that Frosty has had that uh, kind of a kind of a influence on your herd. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 50 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer, building systems to last generations, along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a CalBio digester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. So to move our story forward, interestingly, Chris Hill and I were managing the Docket Summer Selection Sale in June of 21. And Mike and I were discussing which cows we should go after for the sale. And we both had admired a granddaughter of Frosty by Solomon that was at the Oakfield Corners herd. We'd seen her as a two-year-old and a three-year-old, and we'd both admired her. And uh, Jamie Black from Oakfield Corners had been telling us how nice she calved in as a four-year-old. So since Sharon and I were closest to uh, Western New York, we took a ride there one day and and saw this wonderful, wonderful Solomon cow just fresh as a four-year-old. I'll never forget, uh, Mike and David, you've got strong women in your lives. Uh, Sharon pulled me aside and said, don't mess this one up, get this cow bought. And that day, Mike <laughs> and I Mike and I put, purchased uh, the cow Footloose from Oakfield Corners. Uh, she subsequently went through Mike's summer selection sale, and uh, Vieira Dairy from California purchased into the cow with uh, the ducats and and Sharon and I and Mike I'll let you tell a little bit of Footloose's story the the reigning world champion uh supreme champion at World Dairy Expo and I believe the first cow and granddaughter grandmother to be named uh, supreme champion uh this close together uh, ever at World Dairy Expo so can you tell us a little about Footloose when we had Frosty we owned her in a partnership and then we had a sale a few years after her last year of showing and, and, and a lot of her family members got sold. Frosty was so important to any success that we'd had. I, we wanted to have a special sale at our farm because we'd never had one on farm. I wanted Frosty to be the main focus. That's why I, I wanted to go after a very special descendant of Frosty that couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, we got her to the farm, loved the cow. We sold half interest. She went on to be reserve grand champion at Madison that year. We uh, calved her back in last year, and uh, she she ended up uh, being grand and supreme, which was very special with her connection back to the Frosties and a cow that uh, she's she's a lot like Frost. When Frosty was supreme, we bagged her square. She her udder was tremendous. The quality to her memory was tremendous. You just bag them square and uh, and actually 
that's exactly the same way Footloose. Tremendous milk cows, cows that like Footloose. Uh, she's been that cow. She calved as a two-year-old, a three, four, five, and uh, now she's fresh with her fifth calf uh, and will be a first-year age cow. So far, so good. So Footloose is pretty special to us just because of the connection that goes back. We're uh, pretty happy to have her to build off of that family. Well, that's exciting to connect the two cows and the similarities, Mike. And and I think uh, I think you've outlined that well. Interestingly, you know, the first year you had Frosty, she was reserve grand at Madison, uh, and then went on to be grand a couple times. And now Footloose is following in her tracks. So breeding great cows uh, does come together when you put it all in one package. Mike, just quickly as we wrap up this discussion, I'm going to go back to Dave and ask him the same question. As in the evolution of great cows, think about, you've told us how Frosty and Footloose were similar, but how is Footloose better than Frosty? In two generations, how, what, what have we done to make our cows better? Well, I think when Frosty was a five-year-old, there were so many great cowmen that came came through and just could not believe her openness and dariness. And the, it's hard to find these cows that's so hard topped and uh, their frames are so well put together. I think uh, where Footloose, the improvement would probably be in Frosty had a great udder. Uh, obviously, the rear view from Footloose is um, her rear udder is so, uh, so extreme, so high and wide. Uh, I think maybe right at the top of the rear udder, that's where she she has a bit of an advantage. Other than that, the two cows are very, very similar. Like Dave said earlier, uh, the combination of bulls, a uh, foot and Solomon on an extreme dairy cow like uh, Frosty, it was just kind of luck of what was hot at the, at the moment uh, and bulls that you were able to use. And I think Solomon put that extreme rear udder on, uh, on Footloose and and improve Frosty from that point. And so Dave, along the same lines, not just on Footloose and Frosty, but tell us how in the past decade you think our breed has changed and you're one of the finest breeders of cows in the country. What do you look for in your breeding program today and what's important at Harview? Well, thank you for the compliment. I, I want to make sure I share the credit with my son, Matt, who in the last 10 years has made almost every breeding decision. So anything that's happened recently, he gets all the credit. I don't feel like the basics have changed a lot. You know, we've, we've always looked for great udders, great feet and legs, and that combination of strength and dariness. I feel like we have far more tools to work with now, far more information, but the, the basics uh, to me have not changed of what we're breeding for. I think we did realize our cows were a little too big. We're guilty of it here. So we are maybe trying to breed a uh, just a little smaller cow, but not giving up capacity and not giving up strength. Uh, strength is so important to deal with these, you know, the the difficult times that cows go through. So I, I still feel strongly that we need to keep that combination of strength and dariness. Uh, and, the, and the breed is, as a whole, the, the udders are incredible, you know, through the breed now. We've improved so much, so. We have good tools to work with, and but I still think we got to stick with the basics that we've that's gotten us here. Well, I think those are great comments for our listeners, Dave, and and uh, yeah, I would shout out to to Matt and Ashley, uh, your son and daughter-in-law, that toured Sharon and I around Harview 
we got to meet your granddaughter and grandson <laughs> the other day, Dave, and and the next generation of passionate Harview breeders is they're on their way. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like great cow families to great families in this industry run pretty true as well. So uh, uh, I think the Hardesty family's in good shape with Matt and Ashley and their children coming on. So Dave, uh, to wrap this up and finish our discussion, anything you'd like to leave with breeders uh, about the cow family uh, before we before we wrap up? Yeah, maybe two things. One, continue to have passion in every breeding decision. That's what that's the only advice I gave to Matt when he took over breeding. I said, you got to work at breeding cows just like you do everything else. You you work at each mating decision and try to do the best you can with each decision. And over time, that'll that'll pay huge benefits. And then second thing is we've got to continue to breed the kind of cow that can last, you know, for years and now uh, rep- reproduction is so important. Cows that uh, cave back normally and, and are problem free. So those are my only suggestions. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. Well, Mike, we couldn't have asked Dave to summarize the mantra behind Showbox Sires any more than what he just said. Uh, any final comments from you, Mike? I think advice from Dave is probably exactly uh, 100% spot on. It's, uh, there's a few extra tools that are available today that we probably didn't have back in the day, but but the basics are still the same. We want cows that are correcting their confirmation with with uh, some some health traits uh, to, for that longevity, and uh, we still got to have strength, great udders, and great feet and legs, and that's that's really the bottom line of breeding cows. Well, great comments, and I'm very pleased to have had you both on. Uh, So to wrap up this issue of the Dairy Voice podcast series with a focus on showbox sires, I'd like to thank Dave Hardesty and Mike Duckett, two of the greatest cowmen in the world today, uh, for taking time to join us. It's been a great discussion, and we look forward to uh, bringing you more discussions about the evolution of the great cow down the road. Thank you.